Welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan. Hey, thank you, thank you, thank you for all you do when you listen to this program to spread the word. You're doing that when you repost the podcasts and even the video casts on YouTube. And thank you for doing so. We're going to tell you all about that good stuff and when you can hear us and where you can find the podcasts and the video cast and all of the other things that we talk about. <clears throat> but we are going to jump in right now with a returning guest. David C. Hall joins us again to share with us his insights from his latest work, Divine Genius. And I really love this. <clears throat> the Unlearning Curve. And uh, hey, Richard, Adam, Richard, thank you so Richard. much, Adam, for joining us. Yeah, Richard, I'm so happy to be here with you and, and uh, just exciting to see you again and uh, just really dive a deep. I mean, the world since we last talked to back in just after 2012, we have come an incredible cycle of time. And it's, oh. I look forward to exploring with you and your audience of where, where we are and where we're going and what we can do to make our lives full and be of greater service to yeah. the planet. One of the things that, of course, we strive for here on the program is to transition from not this world to the next, although that's going to happen whether we like it or not. That just is the nature. But transitioning from survival to thrival. By the way, I found out that I did not invent that word. It is in the dictionary. I was only slightly disappointed. Uh, I say slightly only because it's like, oh, I discovered a word that already exists and nobody else. I've never heard anybody use thrival. But nonetheless, that's what we're seeking is we... we that's why we, I believe, that's one of the main reasons why we were created to thrive in this life. And that also means that in order to do that, we have to change our perspective, change our view. Uh, I use the analogy, Adam, of a circle, okay? Mm -hmm. And on that circle are points, all right? And I ask people to stand on each of those points and look into the circle at that event, whatever it is that's taking place. And as you move around that circle from point to point, as many of those points as you can, so that you can get a better understanding of what is happening. Now, granted, that is more so dealing with the material world that we can see the outer world outside of ourselves. But I also believe that that can be incorporated into our inner life as well. Um, and I love the title of the book, Divine Genius. And that is referring to you and me, isn't it? That's not talking about the, the great cosmic uh, whatever <laughs> that's out there that's, that's causing all of the galaxies to spin and, and us to spin and so forth and so on. It's talking about our genius, right? Oh, most certainly, Richard. And, uh, you know, it's really focuses in our inner brilliance and the place that we can shine our light into the world uh, so long as we're willing to lift that those filters, so long as we're willing to show up to not cloak ourselves in some other type of presentation into the world. We all have that genius. This isn't genius like we think of Einstein or Tesla or Edison or some of the more intelligent folks. This is 
both emotional intelligence, psychological intelligence, mental and mind intelligence. This is ecological intelligence. This is the genius that is waiting for each of us to be more fully activated. And I enjoyed your, uh, your analogy of, you know, shifting perspectives in that wheel, in that circle. And our indigenous cultures always referred to that as the medicine wheel. Mm. And when we get to move around in the four directions of, uh, of each corner and then above and below, and then all around those seven directions, we come to know that we are the center point of our reality. And that center point lies deep within our heart and deep within our soul. So I'd love to talk more about how we can shift that perspective because Einstein really nailed this one by saying that, that uh, we can't solve the problem that we face from the existing level of thinking that created the problem in the first place. And I wrote The Divine Genius, The Unlearning Curve, to help us shift that perspective of how we want to experience life and really fulfill our own mission as geniuses. Well, it is definitely something uh, to to take serious uh, uh, gaze upon, if you will, because we are constantly being told, and then we start constantly telling ourselves that we can't, that we're not worthy, that it is impossible. And I sit there and... As a matter of fact, I'm going to take you back. And this, again, I, I can only use the material world as an example thereof. In the 70s, I lived in Arizona. I was born and raised in Phoenix. And um, they were talking about solar energy. And people were talking about it, but they weren't doing anything. And I, why aren't people doing anything, I'd ask? Well, Richard, it's because it's so expensive. And my, my response to that was, and you think it's going to get cheaper as long as we don't do anything? It's always the reverse. If we do something, no matter how expensive it is at the front end, it gets cheaper as we go along. If you're really worried about the money, you know, if you're really worried about how much. Uh, but it's just the right thing to do to, to uh, come up with some kind of energy source that is less polluting and so forth and so on. Uh, but that was just one example uh, of, of a situation where people say, oh, it's impossible or it can't be done. Um, and I loved it's I forget which television program it was from. It can be done. It will be done. It must be done. And it's up to us. It really is up to us to do this. Now, the unlearning curve, it makes me think of a computer uh, and, you know, over the course of time, the the data. And every time you open up the same program over and over again, it kind of burns into the drive and into the memory sometimes, okay? Uh, and um, there comes a point at which it's so ingrained in the, the physical aspects of the dr hard drive and or the memory um, that it just it pops right up. It's just right there. And it's like, and then other programs have trouble because they're fighting with the resources on that physical drive or the memory um, and so forth. We tend to run into the same problem with, our, with our, our brains, the data collection device, if you will, that we have, don't we? In that we will learn something, whether it's true or not, whether it's right or not, 
And it takes an enormous amount of time and energy to fix that. I mean, the 500th anniversary of the, uh, of the um, uh, uh, sailing of Christopher Columbus in 1992. And I remember growing up and learning the story of Columbus in school, right? Well, during the 500th anniversary of his sailing the ocean blue in 1492, I heard three different versions of the history of Christopher Columbus. One was at one extreme. Oh, he, the man is a saint. He's divine. The other is he's a devil. And then he was somewhere in the middle was the third story. I thought, okay, bring these three stories together and there's some truth in there somewhere, right? I never heard any of these, uh, these, these stories uh, of barbarism and so forth until then. And, of course, now with Columbus Day, I was just looking at my calendar. Do you know that that day now is both Columbus Day and Indigenous, and Indigenous Persons Day on some calendars? Just because. I mean, I mean I'm not going to get into that discussion. But it's like with the outer world, as time goes on, we learn more. But you're talking about the inner world which is influenced sometimes by the outer world, isn't it? And it takes an awful lot to, so to speak, fix the, the learning that we have received up to this point, right? Well, you're, you brought up a really good point. And um, because one of my primary things that I put forth in the uh, Divine Genius, the Unlearning Curve, in primary teachings that I offer to my, my clients is that the outside picture is a reflection of an inward condition. In other words, our outside experiences that are really what is being reflected from our internal world. So if we're experiencing purely the chaos, the madness, the desire and the need for the material things exclusively, then we're excluding this vast other potential that we have as human beings. I mean, think about it. This is an extraordinary operating system. Mm -hmm. And the body and the, the brain and the heart is, is a magnificent operating system that offers us so much more potential than we're experiencing. And that's the idea here is to create a greater life experience because that exclusivity to an external world or things that seemingly are separate from ourselves is the very thing that keeps us trapped in being, well, let's just say small or living in the future's past. Mm. And that's the great conundrum of our time. That's the disease. And I believe the great crisis we face is one of mind. Our hearts are fabulous. We have beautiful hearts. And, and we're here to show up in the most fullest way. And of course, the idea is that we continue to stay in our separate place of living in the past. And that's where we can go to work together. That's where the unlearning curve kicks in because the beauty of the brain and the malleability of the brain is we have the ability to rewire and refire our brains. In other words, we default into survival mechanisms that you talked about. But now we're being asked to let's default and rewire into the thrival mechanisms of our lives. 
And the divine genius, the unlearning curve, offers us a way, a way to get into that place and through unlearning, because the idea is not that we must receive anything from the external, because we're already brilliant. We're already gorgeous. We already have superpowers and gifts and genius. We just deny it. And the way to reveal that is simply by looking at what no longer serves us. So when we unlearn these limiting belief patterns, oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, my mom didn't love me like I wanted her to do, which was the case in my case. Oh, the wounded little Adam, which is my case, to really peel away, is that true? And I recognized in peeling it away and looking at it that I am worthy. I don't need to carry this shame around that I have felt in my life, that I can really show up to shine the light. And by doing so, I not only save myself, but I change the world. And we're here to change the world. And you've been doing such great work for, oh my gosh, Richard, decades. <laughs> and it's just powerful. So I look forward to diving into that even more wherever you want to go today. But this is the time where we fall to our fate in, in the the virus of the separate ego mind, or will we ultimately embrace our destiny and our greater wellness in our genius yeah. mind? Yeah, and I, I couldn't agree with you more in that respect. I mean, I, you know, I think about how long I've been doing this, not only this program for, you know, celebrating 14 years uh, and um, starting in 2007, and, of course, knowing what was coming down the road as far as some of the uh, profound dates that we were told about. I mean, I still remember the 80s and the harmonic convergence. And I'm still trying to figure out, okay, what really happened then? And maybe at that time I wasn't, I wasn't quite attuned. All right, I'm going to put it that way. I, maybe I just wasn't mm -hmm. quite open it, to the level that maybe I am now. Then, of course, uh, 2012 and the Mayan calendar. Uh, I still I still chuckle at my wife's uh, perspective of the Mayan calendar when she says that she says the reason why uh, the Mayan calendar came to an end is because the guy that was chiseling away at it, he basically got tired. He said, oh, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I've had enough. I'm not going to do anymore. And that's why the calendar ended. <laughs> and I just I have to <laughs> chuckle at that. But we survived it. We went on through it. And we will continue to do so. But I guess the big thing, um, Adam, is trying to understand and come to grips with all of these changes. Now, change is the only constant in the universe. The universe is constantly changing, no matter how much we want to have. And again, I'm going to use a couple of computer terms as we've been talking computers. You have your dynamic and you have your static, like IP addresses, for example. Well, I'd rather have a dynamic IP address that's changing because you just have, you know, it's like opportunities. When, when the pandemic was called, and I've, I've said this more times than I care to think of, and probably folks are getting tired of me saying it, but I'm going to say it again. <laughs> I'm going, oh, my God. They're doing something different. Einstein was right. You know, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and getting a expecting a different result. Guess what? We did something different, which means whether we like it or not, we're going to get a different result. And in the process, 
the incredible opportunities that are going to be there that we don't even know about yet because they're going to start to come up as we move through time. Is that part of the process of unlearning is starting to look at things literally, I think I can say that uh, with some degree of, of assertion, literally from a different perspective in order to unlearn some of the stuff that we've been carrying around since we were given it <laughs> in our childhood. It's, 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 it's what's mandatory. It's what I believe that we're all being asked to do is to shift our lens of perspective, of perspective, of our lens of perception. And ultimately, when we think about it, perhaps we've been looking through the wrong end of the telescope. We've been looking simply outwards versus looking inwards. Mm -hmm. And the journey of unlearning is about shifting that perspective. I mean, imagine this for a moment. Imagine that you're on a platform in uh, above Earth and you're looking back at Earth. And on that viewing platform, you can look through one of two telescopes. And you've been, we've been looking through only one. We didn't even know there was another lens of perspe per perspective perception that's available to us. Mm -hmm. And that one lens is myopic. It only sees the world in a very narrow way. And that's the lens of the ego mind that sees things in separation. It thinks in terms of separation and dip, uh, differentiation. And it sees the world in strictly in the form of material in the world of form. Now, we begin to unlearn and we begin to be curious and ask questions. You know, wh what else is out there? Why is, am I tuning into this media outlet that's providing this dogma or this line of thought? Is that true? And I think we're all going through a phase of really questioning what is true to ourselves. And ultimately the answer is found within ourselves, our authentic selves, our genius within ourselves. Well, and in that inquiry, what I found, Richard, is I went over and I began to look through a different lens, a lens that sees the fullness of life, that sees the interconnectivity of our life. It's an intermingling, an inner exchange of body and our mind and our spirit. And this is not about being woo-woo or anything. It's about embracing our potential as human beings as quantum beings. Hmm. It's about taking the dualistic experience and really knowing the center point of the unified experience. You're correct. The world is constantly in a state of change, hence creating chaos, calamity, and all that it creates. Wow, what a show. But within ourselves, what I found in the journey to genius, and I'm inviting everybody else who's in that journey to join together, they found that there is the other lens of perception. And that lens is a unified lens that where nothing is changing. In other words, it's the still point within ourselves where we know we're safe. We know we are at peace. We know 
of our compassion and empathy in the world. And we know how to work creatively with others. We can show up with the planet in a new way that's about creativity and co-creation with the greater quantum field than in the competition and separateness of this little minute lens that I've been, I personally played on for much of my uh, 60 years. So it's great to be exploring these greater possibilities. This isn't talk. This is something that each of us can live right now. Yeah. I believe, Richard, and if you're with me on this, we are at a tipping point that's asking every one of us to really show up and embrace our inner authenticity and truth. And without that, we, you know, we're going to be just in a hell of a hurt even more than we are now. And I think our greatest days are ahead of us. And at the same time, I think our greatest challenges are also in front of us. We're talking to Adam C. Hall. We're talking to Adam C. Hall here on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, as we encourage you to check out Divine Genius, the unlearning curve. We're going to find out more about that as we continue here. As we talk with Adam C. Hall about uh, this incredible concept called the divine genius here on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. And the whole point is giving you choices and knowledge of those choices. Now, I remember when I first came up with that phrase uh, back in 2007, um, I, I heard myself say it and I'm going, what the heck does that mean? Now, it came out. And I understand what it means, and sometimes I have to explain it. We don't always know what choices are available to us. And that's why I'm such a firm believer in education and not just formal education. All kinds of education. I mean, when you think about how many different uh, species of plants... Uh, fruits and vegetables, uh, even different the, the different kinds of proteins that are out there. I'll use that term. Uh, different kinds of beverages that we can drink to sustain our, our lives. Uh, the myriad of different careers that we can pursue through our educational uh, uh, life, you know, through the first 12 years and then beyond. The myriad of different relationships that we can have and the list of things that we can do in our lives goes on and on and on. And then they tell us, I got this when I was a kid growing up. Maybe you did too, Adam. But there's only one way to God. And I'm going, that doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand that. And I think that that's one of the problems. You know, you talked about truth. What is true? And that is a big, uh, I want to say, conversation slash arguing point for a lot of people. I have the truth, and it's in this book, okay, or it's in that book, or it's in this ancient wisdom teaching, or it's in that ancient wisdom teaching. And there is probably one of the most profound sayings that I've heard. I actually, I did read this, which is kind of ironic considering what the saying is. Truth is only truth until it is written down. Talk to us about how we, as divine beings, trying to seek out divine genius and focus on this unlearning curve so we can get back to the truth of things for ourselves, how do we, how do we, 
how do we do that? How do we parse and vet and all of the other wonderful, great terms I've heard over the years about uh, dealing with information? Uh, how do we do that so that we can get to that place where um, we can I love another wonderful saying, we can, it's better to begin in doubt and end in certainty than begin in certainty and end in doubt. So that's what we want to do. We're uncertain right now. And we're seeking, you and I both, in spite of the fact that you've written this wonderful book. It's great information. It's great. But we're still learning. And I mean, you're going to have another book that's probably going to come out in a few years too. Undo this and <laughs> untie that. You know, Talk to us about that, if you would, please. Well, thank you for that. And I think that's right on point is, you know, is, is the exploration of truth. And we're living in a time of, of what many say is misinformation, untruth, and people that are simply opining, people that are sim simply have opinions about everything where someone is right and another person is wrong. This is the nature of this world that we live in, in separation. And that is subjective and objective truth. Mm -hmm. What is true for me is not necessarily true for you. And truly in do our dualistic experience as, okay, uh, you know, man, woman, you know, material world, immaterial world, we're experiencing this duality. And, 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 and that doesn't, speak to the absolute truth uh, of the universe. And only each individual knows that truth for themselves. And what I want to say more specifically is how that truth, what is true for you, is true for you and you know to be your truth. It's not necessarily about being factually true to you. It's why it's true for you. And the idea here, Richard, is that we can search for truth all we want in our external world, but the answer to that tr truth of ourselves lies within ourselves. And that's the idea of peeling back these ideas of separation and where we are, because we can endlessly seek information. The divine genius is not about providing information. It's grounded in... 13 universal wisdom teachings that are applicable to every single human being. They get to be experienced uniquely by every single human being. And the whole idea is to ground ourselves in our authentic self, which is our divine genius. So the journey of seeking truth outside of ourselves is a fruitless journey. It will continue to lead to a life of chaos, of unfulfillment, of lack and shame and unworthiness. I don't know how any other way to say it, but these are times that necessitate that we be radically honest with ourselves. I went through breakdown and pain in my life. I'm continuing to face the challenges of the life that I'm living. However, in the shifting of the perceptual lens, and grounding the self in self-love and tr our inner truth of our own genius, there is a stability, there is a certainty, there is a safety, there is a place of trust. And this is the idea of truth. Truth is found in the trust 
of ourselves. And hopefully that helps us to navigate these incredible changes because the old separate mind is only going to sink our ship. It's basically destroyed our planet with the, with, uh, with all kinds of things around climate, not to get off on all the challenges, because right. this is about the opportunity. We've never had more opportunity to quantum leap into our potential. And today is a good time to begin, if you ask me. Absolutely. Any time is a good time to begin. And how about today? As we talk with Adam C. Hall, talking about divine genius and the unlearning curve, here on Tell Me Your Story. We are giving you choices, knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. We're here Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m. We stream live at those times as well as the Wednesday edition. It's our special edition of Tell Me Your Story, 9 a.m. on Wednesdays. We hope that you will listen either uh, on the local radio station or at richarddugan.com. Uh, the link is right there in the upper uh, right-hand corner with... Uh, you know, I can't even remember what the link looks like right now, but it's okay. You'll find it. It's labeled. It's right there. But podcasts are on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher. It's on Amazon. It's on iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, and a bunch of other locations as well. So we hope that you will avail yourselves. And you can watch these interviews on YouTube. The YouTube channel, Richard Dugan, and tell me your story. Just look for the guy with the hat. And uh, matter of fact, uh, it's it's just about time, Adam. I'm just about time to get a new one. <laughs> this one is pretty good is, to me is looking okay well then forget it i won't i won't waste the money um i want to talk a little bit about a couple of things my father and he hates it when i would say that he he's a wise man not a wise guy <laughs> although there are times when as a dad he can be a wise guy right. he once told me and of course i'm sure the rest of the family eat drink and be merry in moderation because nobody gets out of this world alive. Okay? However, you have a principle, if you will, a concept, a philosophy that says that's not necessarily true. But you have to start defining your terms. What does that mean to be alive? Well, I love that because it actually serves as the premise of the divine genius. And that was the first question I asked to begin the journey that was posed to me by one of one of my teachers, Alberto Vialdo, can you get out of this life alive? And it stuck on me. It was like I, I was determined at all cost and to risk everything in the life that I knew to find out the answer to that. And let's, let's explore that for a minute because it's essential is a key piece of shifting a perceptual lens from one of death and disease to one of wellness and life. You get to choose which one do you want. It's as simple as that. And the answer to this question, can you get out of this life alive? The answer is yes, let me, sh let me, let me share. And it's not a conceptual, it's actually a it's scientific these days with new science is proving this. So the idea here is, the idea, of course, is that we're all physically going to die. Of physically. course we're all. Everything yeah. Yeah. physically dies. Mm -hmm. But there's a big assumption in that. And the assumption is, I'm a physical body. Uh -huh. Exclusively. And once we recognize, well, wait a second. I'm not simply a physical body. 
but I am all pervading consciousness. I am spirit that is riding along in this physical vehicle. And that in that journey of my physicality, I get to come to the life school to learn and know this as my inner truth, as uniquely defined by each of us, our genius. And here is the thing, once we move through this journey, which I call the genius process that I put forth in, in, the, in the book, is to move away from simply a 3D existence of being in the physical world to experiencing ourselves in our deeper inner truth as five-dimensional human beings, body, mind, spirit, and soul. That in this five-dimensional experience, we are transcendent of physical death. We move beyond death. And the shamans and the indigenous cultures knew this. They lived this life. They were able to experience these five dimensions and greater Why we're alive. This is not about waiting to our last breath to say there must be something more. Mm-hmm. This is about showing up tonight, yeah. right now. Yeah. to have your meal that's offering you this greater knowledge and wisdom of your genius mm. so that we can experience, well, our immortality, so to speak. And the idea here is that when we look at new science, Richard, when we look at the experiences that are happening in the quantum field, that the entanglement of our spirit in the, in the quantum field is now unknown. We are all connected. We are all in the cellular water world, earth world, fire world, energy world. And not to get overly wonky about it, but in that knowing and in that creation of our own life experience, we get to entangle ourselves with this greater potential. Hence, we can get out of this life alive. Why we're alive? By letting our old self, separate self, die away. Separate surrender of that old ego mindset. I encourage everybody to look at this with curiosity. It's just a matter of looking at that idea of self and that lens, and it will dissipate as it gets looked at. And it's like, who wants that kind of feeling? Who wouldn't want to be well? and full of life. Yeah. And I'm in that journey, but it's practice. And we get to do it together. And I'm glad to be sharing with you, Richard. Adam C. Hall is my guest, adamhall.solutions. That's the website we will be linked to so you can find out more about what Adam is all about, what he's what he's doing, uh, what he is being, and also what he is writing. And in this case, it is a divine genius, uh, and it is the unlearning curve here on Tell Me Your Story. As we continue talking with Adam C. Hall and uh, discussing uh, this fascinating aspect, one of the things that I run into from time to time is people who are afraid of death. Uh, They're worried more so about the fact that it's going to be lights out. In other words, when you die, that's it. And again, I can only share with them what I believe. All right. Mm -hmm. I can't share with them any more than what I intuit. Uh, My personal belief is that this world that I live in, 
is not an accident. It doesn't make any logical sense. And, and maybe that's a mistake on my part to be using logic, but I'm going to because I was given this wonderful brain. Okay. Right. It doesn't make any logical sense that this is all there is and then the lights are out. I mean, well, well then what's the point? If, 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 if I knew that this was all an accident or that we were all pre-programmed, and, I, and nobody knows, nobody's for certain. Uh, if, if I ever found that out, then I'd, I'd be going out that door. See ya, see ya, Adam. I'm going out and I'm going to rape and pillage and plunder because my life has no meaning because it's just lights out. I believe there's something inside of me, deep down inside of me that says, no, my life has meaning. Ergo, there is something more. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard of Life Between Lives, LBL. But mm -hmm. I've been through that. I went through a session with a local practitioner. I got to tell you, it was fascinating. I actually miss my last life that, that he took me through, you know. And, and I actually left that life with ease. Uh, the, the long and the short of it is I was a farmer. I lost mm -hmm. my farm because somehow, some way, the barn and the field caught fire. Well, I had a cabin up in the mountains you know, high enough where it snows and everything. There I am. I'm up in the cabin, and uh, I go out on the I go out on the porch, and here I go into that twang, <laughs> and I sit down on the chair, put my feet up on the on the rail, the the, the horse rail, you know, tilt my hat, hat back. I sit back. And I go. It's been a good life, and I left. I just left, and. Then I went into that space between that life and the one I'm in now. Mm -hmm. And it was extraordinary. The things that I learned about what goes on there and what I learned and about the cluster that I am associated with and all of the people in this physical world that I associate with are part of that cluster. Every single one of them. And it was just fascinating. Okay, you get to rest for a little while. You might hang on the planet for a little while too. Then you go into a review. Then you do. You got a chance to go to classes. You can take some classes and learn a little bit more. And then they encourage you to go back to help others. Mm. And I have a feeling that that's really what my evolution has been over I don't know how many lifetimes. I know at least two. Okay, I know the last one and this one. Right. I want to change the world for everybody. I know there are 8 billion people, but why can't it be for all 8? Why can't it be for all 8 billion? Don't tell me it's impossible. Don't tell me it's Pollyanna, it's utopia. It is possible. If you and then who was it who said if you can think it it it, it will be was it it wasn't Napoleon Hill, was it? Anyway, it doesn't matter. But the reality is that isn't that where all things start? is in a thought? How does that play yeah. into the divine genius? Well, absolutely. It is in a thought. And thank you for sharing that journey as you, um, you know, I love it when you share how the soul is walking through lifetimes or, you know, how is it that we come back in service? I know through my journey as a early on earth conqueror and wanting to build great wealth and, and the, all the karma that came has come with me in this life is, you know, is really about how do, what am I here to learn with that? 
And because it wasn't for me about just creating the riches and the wealth and, you know, you know, the endless desires, it was more like, okay, what, what is going to be the key? And of course there came that point and you may have found this too. Mm -hmm. And many in the audience may as well as we reach a point like, well, there's something greater than ourselves. There's something that we can serve that can really be of greater support to the whole of evolution. And that's, that is a key, key instrument. And in, ter- in terms of that thought process, it all begins with a thought. And the thought, even if we look at this in the most microcosmic way mm-hmm. of our inner lives, the initial thought was, I can be separate. Yeah. I can think, therefore, I am. I forget. Well, I don't think that was Plato. I no, no, that's Aristotle. Yeah. And the idea here is that in that th- one thought, we changed our life. We changed the world. We built everything around a thought yeah. of that design of our separate ego self. Whereas we can choose a new thought like you have been talking about, and you're choosing a new thought of greater service, of greater expression of why you're here and what you can do. All of us have the ability to do this, and all of us have as an important role to play. So I'm, I'm here with everybody, just showing up in my little way. I don't pretend that I know anything more than Anybody else is the older I get, I realize the more I really don't know at all. And the idea here is, but together we do know together we can create new thought. We can create new emergence and see ourselves and do the work we need to do because I don't know about you, but I sense it may take some genius to really get, not only get out of this lifetime and experience the fullness of who we are, but to solve and innovate the challenges we're facing yeah. in our environment, in our inner communities, in our families, in our own minds, yeah, because that's where we're greatly challenged. You know, it's very interesting because I'm sure you've seen the pictures of what are referred to, I think now, as the garbage gyres around the planet, where mm-hmm. all of this garbage, and, and these things are... I'm not sure how big they are. They may be miles across for all I know. Miles. Yeah. Tons. And you would think that individuals who are contemplating, attempting to clean these gyres up would look at that and go, uh-uh, no, it's, it's too big. There are too many of them and they are just too damn big. There's nothing we, there's nothing we can do. But there are people who don't see it that way. They see that every little bit that we start doing now is going to make a difference down the road. And I think that's one of the things, too, that I think over, uh, used to overwhelm people. Back when I was a kid growing up in school and you'd hear the phrase, I want to change the world. That's huge, for a, especially for a kid to even utter that phrase. 
Uh, that's enormous. How are you going to change the world? Where are you going to start? I mean, and uh, really, where do you start? Well, we may talk about that a little bit as we continue here with Adam C. Hall. We're talking about Divine Genius on Tell Me Your Story. And we are talking about new choices, choices and uh, descriptions thereof. Uh, we're trying to give you information. We're trying to give you new ways of thinking, new ways of being. I got to tell you, thriving is a heck of a lot more fun than uh, surviving. And I don't know about you, Adam. Uh, I haven't made my hundreds of thousands or millions yet. And I say yet because I want to. Okay, but it is not one of those desires that I'm going to do it at all costs. No, 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 no. I want to do it in what is referred to as divine right order. Okay, I want to do it in such a way as to be able to utilize that particular and specific resource towards the kinds of productive, constructive solutions to some of the challenges that we face. I may not build those giant devices that this one kid I saw 10 years ago uh, on a YouTube channel, a YouTube video, who had this uh, idea, and they actually developed it, of collecting stuff uh, in those gyres. This big rectangular thing uh, that's, mm -hmm. that's pushed by a, a, a tugboat or a what have you to collect up uh, all the sur surface plastics and garbage. And, and they're making some headway. And not only that, but it was amazing. And then when we collect it all, we're not just going to put it in the landfill. No, 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 no. We're going to grind it up and we're going to start using it as, as insulation in homes. We're going to make it safe. It's going to be safe, but we're going to utilize it, make it sustainable so we can put it to, 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 to a greater use than just be spinning around out there. I mean, I think about the gyres and I'm thinking the, universe, the, the planet has designed, <laughs> in essence, you call them gyres, I call them toilet bowls, okay? <laughs> But we're cleaning it up little by little. We're making a difference. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you about um, this aspect of changing the world and figuring out where to start. What's, what is your right. suggestion in that regards when it comes to this? Because to me, divine genius, uh, you know, it, that is not something that is measured by an IQ test. No, it's not. And it's and 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 seek not to change the world. Seek to change your perception of the world. So herein lies a key place to begin. And that is where I began my journey to genius 18 years ago, because the world is going to do its thing, essentially controlled chaos. But however, what I can do and how I can make a difference is by seeking to change my perception of the world by coming into an inner knowing of my authentic self. Hence, I begin the journey to discover that because you can't read about it. You don't need a guru. You don't need me. You don't need a teacher. You, you already have it. It's you. And the question is, are you going to show up? And that way, think about it. In the quantum field, when you change a dynamic within the field, it changes the, in, the entire field. So our ability to show up is to reorganize the world as we even know it. 
And the power of this is awesome. We are awesome co-creators with the universe. Every single one of us has this power right now to reorganize the world, to change the world by changing our perception and experience within ourselves, which in turn allows us to see the world differently. For example, the gyros, you're talking about Boynton. There's others that are doing incredible generative work, innovative work, not by seeing the impossible, but recognizing there's nothing impossible at all. And that's the whole idea of embracing our genius is to step into that deeper truth. So that's where I begin. That's where I believe we all need to begin. And I believe also that we can do that together because if we wanna create the same thing from the same thought system of the separate ego mind, that's the definition of insanity because mm -hmm. look where it got us today. We're in a hell of a mess and a hell of a hurt. It's not a good story. The stats and the data are not good and they're not very optimistic, but I believe the outcome has yet to be determined. We get to define mm -hmm. the outcome. We get to write that story. And in this journey of really beginning our own process of changing the world, that's writing the new story. So I'm excited about that. I think that's, there, there's more opportunity today for all of us than ever before, if we're paying attention, if we're paying attention. And I wanna leave you with one thing in this terms of this thought here, mm -hmm. Richard, and leave it with the audience. You know, We can think in terms of sustainability. We can think in terms of, oh, our reptilian brain, of survival brain. Mm -hmm. Well, that got us in this heap of mess in the begin in, to begin with. It created all this separation from nature, each other. We built these patriarchal type of systems. You know, that's not the story. The story is what is, well, let me, let me just offer this. It's how the martial artist functions, the master. And the master functions by the golden wisdom of anticipation. Because when you can anticipate, you can adapt. And when you can adapt, you can avoid. And when you can avoid, you can not only survive, but you thrive. Mm. And when we thrive, we regenerate ourselves. We have this awesome power, like Mother Nature, to regenerate ourselves when we embrace the genius within. So hopefully that's you know, putting forth some ways forward. And I, and I think you're spot on with thinking, you know, how do we do something? How do we change the world? And of course it begins huh, right here Yeah, with, yeah. with me. Yeah, <laughs> not selfish. It's, it's, it's everything. It's everything. So anyway, just a couple of fun little thoughts to explore more. Well, I'll tell you, Adam, Adam C. Hall, who is our guest here today, it's fascinating. I, I, I have always enjoyed these conversations with uh, with guests talking about these incredible things that are very real. Now, whether or not another individual experiences them is a whole other question. And it's a question of, of course, again, being open, being open to them. Uh, my mother once asked me if I'd ever had any supernatural experiences. And I, I, I said, well, <clears throat> uh, I can't say that I've ever had any that I am aware of. If I have, they appear to me just as normal happenings. Okay. 
Uh, and it, of course, always reminds me of uh, the miracles of Jesus. To him, it was no big deal. It's just what he did. That's who he was. And that's what he did. It wasn't anything. He didn't see himself as anything special. It's just what he did. It's just, you know, it's like uh, a carpenter who knows how to square up a house. I'm living in a two-room cottage that's not real square. So whoever built that house, nah, no, 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 don't, don't go into that business. But there are people who they can square it up and make that thing perfect. And it's beautiful because they've got the knack. They've got that ability. Uh, and again, it's in all other quarters. The other aspect I wanted to touch on with you, especially as far as this connectivity, the connectedness that we share. Now, setting aside all of the material aspects of the pandemic, one of the lessons, and it's part of the, uh, one of those opportunities, if we will just open our eyes to it, is that the pandemic has shown us just how connected we are. I mean, come on. I don't know what the numbers are. I know some of the numbers in the U.S. And again, uh, setting aside a lot of the physical stuff, okay, for example, um, the, the, uh, 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 the 600,000 plus who have lost their lives due to, to, to COVID or otherwise, um, they were all connected. The people who have come down with the variant are all connected. We are all connected. And unless we begin to realize that, we're going to, again, we're going we're to keep repeating this craziness. Now, I put this forth to some of my guests in the past, Adam. Mm -hmm. And I put this question to you. And again, we go to a higher level. We go to that metaphysical or spiritual level, okay, that divine level with this question. What is it that you think we, in the collective consciousness of humanity, were trying to accomplish through creating this scenario? I'm not saying the virus. I'm not saying the pandemic. I'm talking about this scenario that we have been in, in the context of time, for the last 18 to almost uh, 24 months. Any thoughts as to what it was that uh, we were, shall we say, thinking as a collective species? Well, your, your ideas and thoughts around interconnectivity are spot on, Richard. And I think there is a, a greater realization of our connectivity with others and the empathy that is on the heels of a period of time where we've been anything but empathetic and compassionate and kind in so many ways in the collective. And at the same time, the last 24 months, 18 to 24 months, which is really a longer period of time, mm -hmm. but because we're specifically focused on right now, yeah. we've recognized how disconnected we are. And in the disconnection of ourselves, then we must are asking deeper questions of purpose, of mission, of how can we serve? And when I work with my clients, we dive directly into that place because that 
place of connectivity. You know, if we're an operating system like a computer, we want to not only have the most upgraded operating system and software, mm-hmm. we want to be plugged in. And we want to know what we're plugging into. Are we plugging into noise and propaganda in our media machine? What are, what are we t- ingesting in our lives? Not only food, but people. Are these toxic people? Is this toxic food? Are this toxic information? We got to be real with ourselves around this. And in this time, we've had something remarkable happen during COVID. Mm -hmm. Many things. But one of the things that has been remarkable is we had a chance to be at home, both in our physical homes, but also listen to receive in our solidarity away from the world as we know it. Our workplaces, our communities, we've been able to be able to perhaps see what is yet to be seen. We have perhaps been able to hear what is yet to be spoken. In that solidarity, millions of people, I read last week, and I think it was the Wall Street Journal, are now leaving their places of work. They may be making huge amounts of money, but this is a time of greater change and a greater place to find the interconnectivity within ourselves. It begins there because then we're connected with others. It's the key to creating the new story, the new world as we know it. It's full of tremendous opportunity. And it's just a matter of really each of us choosing to show up there and find our way through it. And I am finding my way through it. And as well as many others around the globe, it's available and an invitation to every one of us. There's no right or wrong. There's no any way to do it. You get to do it your way. And I love this time. These are incredible times to move back into that connectivity, as you're saying. There's an interesting... um... I like to use these words. They're kind of fun. Uh, there's an interesting dichotomy uh, between two different philosophies that's out there, especially in America, in the United States. Uh, the one is the one uh, side is the First Amendment. I have the constitutional right to do what I want, when I want, where I want, how I want, to whom I want, etc., etc., etc. I have that in the First Amendment. Okay, and I'm not arguing. There is no judgment here. Okay, if that's your position then live it out. Go for it, okay? But I always pose pose this question with the other side of the coin in our preamble. To promote the general welfare and preserve the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Now, there are people who argue that people, they're taking away my freedoms. I have the same freedoms that you do, but no one's taking them away. I'm exercising my freedom by doing what I do to keep myself safe, and others around me. I'll wear my mask out there. I'll stay six feet apart. I'll wash my hands as often as I can, etc., etc. Even if the flu were to kick up, I probably would start doing that because it just seems prudent, to, <laughs> you know. Uh, you know, I think about uh, the the arguments against, for example, and I think, well, wait a minute, all of the all of the news programs I've ever seen of the people in Japan, oh, we see them wearing masks even way before the pandemic. They don't seem to have a problem with that. Matter of fact, when they start hearing that the flu is coming, the mask goes on. So I often wonder about these dichotomies between those two concepts. 
And again, whichever you choose, I would hope that you would consider the possibility of exercising your freedom, your right to do. Exercise it by taking into consideration the, 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 uh, the others. Do you want your children to inherit this country and run it? Well, how are they going to do that if they don't survive? If you don't survive, what's going to happen to them? And, uh, you know, we hear this time and time again, Adam, there are all kinds of things that happen, whether it's a pandemic or an earthquake or a hurricane, uh, you know, or fires. I mean, here in the Southwest and in California. Oh, my goodness. I've been through 12 living here in Santa Barbara, 12 or 13, uh, only evacuated once in 15 years, which I'm grateful for. Um, they're all, but again, this is all part of that aspect of change. But uh, what about that particular, those two particular paradigms? Do you see them clashing or is there, is there, a, is there a, a level of cohesiveness somewhere along the way? Yes, and yes, they are clashing and they will continue to clash more than we've ever seen. And it's not simply symptomatic in the vaccinated and unvaccinated. They're, the clash of culture, the clash of nations is will continue. And the most important thing is the story is, yes, there's an integral space where these cultures and these dichotomies can meet. Let me share a little bit more. Currently, the mindset of fear let me rephrase. We are either in a mindset of fear or a mindset of love. Those that are arguing that they have these basic freedoms under the First Amendment, that is, yes, you do. And that when we feel the need to defend those freedoms, then we are in a place of fear. We are in a place of lack. We're in a place of what I refer to as a very small-minded mentality. In the Eastern traditions, we, they call it ignorance. And in choosing to be in that argument, you are choosing to be in your fear and to play small. Whereas when we know the inner truth of our genius mind, that we feel into the love of our life experience, nobody can take away that right. And when we give up our right to choose the totality, the greatness of who we are, the genius of who we are, we end up in the same old place. Because ultimately, each of us are the ones that get to determine our freedom. Each of us are the ones that are decide if we're sovereign beings that can create. Nobody has anybody at Nobody can take away that right. And if you want to give it up, then go ahead and live in fear and live in that life and project that all over the world. It's a mess. It got us in this place in the first place. Yeah. But if you're ready to embrace your greater truth, mm -hmm. the greater totality of who you are, then you get to choose that. So I say, yes, that world of chaos, that world of duality, of course, that's the world out there. But that's only part of it. Mm -hmm. We get to choose a greater life experience. Yeah. It's okay with me what, what you're deciding. If you're not shooting violently 
killing people or raping or doing the things that humanity does in the sickness of the mind, then, then you can really show up greater. But I, I concur with you. There are these choices. There are respect as human citizens. And that respect can simply mean, oh, I get to wear my mask. You know, I get to see your eyes and maybe not your smile, but I get to see you yeah. in the eyes and I can see your soul and I can see your light and genius shining in the world. Hey, what's wrong with that? That's just fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and we can make good that way. And it's not like you're taking away anything. We're it's a matter of embracing everything. We get yeah. to do that now more than ever. But you got to choose. Yeah. You got to show up. There's a wonderful law of the universe that says there is always an exchange. You are never without. There is no lack. And when you give, as you just described, Adam, you are going to get back. Now, I have to say that when you talk about the eyes, in 1996, March, when I received my lens implant, one of the greatest gifts that I was given was to be able to look people in the eye or mm. eyes. I only have one that works right now. The left one is, is it doesn't, no, no, nothing. I, I, I'm totally blind in that eye because of glaucoma. But the right eye is 20-50. And I can look people in the eye for the first time in my life. I mean, really look in their eyes. And so that's a great gift. It really is. I was very excited about that. The only part I was disappointed at initially was when I was walking with my first wife to the McDonald's that was just down the street from us. I was looking at the trees and they didn't look as bushy as they did before. And it was only because I was now seeing more detail. <laughs> but it was still a beautiful thing. So we have to we have to uh, embrace those gifts. Adam C. Hall is my guest. His book, Divine Genius, and it is uh, what we're trying to encourage you to do is go down the unlearning curve, if you will, uh, so that uh, you can unlearn the things that have not worked. I think that's really what it comes down to, isn't it, Adam? Is that we need to let go of those things that no longer serve us for those things that do and acknowledge that those things that do serve us today might not serve us tomorrow. And so we'll be going through that process again and again and again. And that's a good thing because that's part of our, our evolution. Yeah, that's, that is, we're here in the earth school as you speak to evolve ourselves into a higher order to move beyond simply the seeming chaotic way and move into a higher order. And of course, that pattern, that pattern of light, that pattern of evolution, as we ascend forward is continuous. So we're always upgrading our operating system. And that's what we're here to do. And today, more than ever, we're here to do that uh, with our, with not only with ourselves, we, can, we have the power to do that work ourselves. You don't need anything outside of ourselves. You don't need anything to do that. It's a choice that we each of us have. So I love that we're in, entering in this new period of time that is a self-empowerment period, a period where we can create with the quantum field. 
Mm-hmm. And this is an opportunity for all of us to leap, leap into the miracle of, of life, leap into the miracle of who we are as geniuses. And I love it. I think it's very powerful. And it's not to be de minimis of the challenges that we're facing, mm-hmm. but the challenges, of course, are met equally with opportunity. And I want to invite everybody to be in the opportunity, to be in that new story. I work hard every day to show up that way. Some days are tougher than others. I have three beautiful daughters. I am in a relationship. I have bills to pay and things to do. That's part of it. But also there's the greater part that offers us not only simply mean idea of hope, but trust and knowing in the possibility of who we are and the truth of who we are and our superpower, so to speak, as geniuses. So this is a great time to be doing this work. I invite everybody to show up in their way to do the work. Be happy to share more with everybody out on the path. Encourage everybody to check out my website, adamhall.solutions, adamhall.solutions. And I'm even offering to everybody a, a free ebook, this really cool book, uh, 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 it's Richard, because it really offers some wisdom for abundance. It's a little book. It offers wisdom. It's a powerful way to activate a place where you recognize you are worthy. You are worthy of what the universe is offering to you. And of course, and it op- offers a way forward. Yeah, and that ties into your other book, which is Limitless Abundance. Unlearning lack, be it money, health, happiness, etc., requires the removal of obstacles that make us feel unworthy. Boy, that is a huge one that uh, you're talking about here. And I have to say that uh, I take a look, for example, at my life and I look at my career and I look at the toolbox that I have and all of the wonderful tools that I have at my disposal that I've gathered over the years uh, by comparison to the literal toolbox that I have at home that I, is now two. It's actually two, one stacked on the other, and it's got wheels. That's how many yeah, tools right. I've got, not to mention a bag uh, with a, ch- uh, a circular saw and a drill and blah, 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 blah. And I ask myself about all of these tools I've gathered on my career in my career, and I'm going, with all these tools, why am I not doing even greater things, bigger things, uh, bringing, raking in the dough, you know, kind of thing. And I remember early in my career when I would do little projects for the ministers and the pastors of this Christian station that I worked for, people would say, well, Richard, you're underselling yourself. You should charge more. And I said, look, I understand that these small pastors and ministers with these small little churches, they don't have a lot of money. And if I don't do it, nobody else will because they're going to try to really charge them a lot. So I figure I can make a little money. I can help them get their message out because the whole point from my perspective was whether I agree with your message or not, let's get it out there so that the people can decide. Okay, let them decide, just like with this program. You, the listener, get to decide whether or not this is one of those items, those plates that sits on that table of smorgasbord, the food, the food, if you will, as uh, metaphorically, that we spread out every single program. If this is something you want. And if it isn't, then don't take it. God forbid you should take something you don't like. But keep coming back to the table and trying something new. Uh, so that, that's, that's something that, that I have often thought about in terms of, 
uh, again, our evolutionary process. I mean, that's that's how we learn. I mean, isn't that why we go to school? We're supposed to pick up new things. Unfortunately, a lot of our schools have turned into something other than teaching us new things and how to process information and how to be creative. I've often said, uh, Adam, uh, when it comes to the conversation of cutting programs in schools because the budget is too damn tight, cut the basics. Go ahead, cut the basics. Keep physical education. Keep music. Keep the electives, okay? Because, for example, in music, you're going to learn about math. You're going to need to know about 2-4 two, 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 four, and 4-4 four, four, and 3-4. You're going to learn about English because you're going to learn how to write Lyrics to songs. You're going to learn about history and where some of the music that, that you're listening to, the classical music, the country music, the, uh, the hip-hop, whatever the, the genre is. You're going to learn about that. Uh, and, and so on and so on and so on. So it's not, there's, there's nothing lost there. Keep the electives, if you will. Keep those wonderful courses of the arts Learning about minimalism and uh, whatever other isms there are in, 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 in art. I, I don't know. All I know is I know how to draw and I do my drawings uh, that someday I will show to people. And I'm happy. And that's all that matters to me. Uh, this is an art form uh, of sorts as well. Uh, and it's, it's a lot of fun. So uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, that that aspect of our evolutionary process. I know we touched upon it earlier as well, but let's let's dive in there real quick before we wrap up the program. Well, we're at a critical juncture of our evolutionary pro uh, process. And uh, scientists, our ecological scientists, uh, Richard, uh, have now determined for certain we've reached uh, a point of punctuated evolution. And what's happening there is where we kind of chug along from an evolutionary perspective, but that's now spiked. In other words, the in a very rapid short period of time, we uh, we are being asked to show up to evolve. And what's and it's there's no better evidence than what we see in the the death of our biodiversity. World Wildlife Federation recently determined that we 68% of our biodiversity has died off. Mm. We don't need to look at climate because we all know about climate, but it begs the question, it begs the question, are you going to be a person of fate and fall into what is now been determined as the sixth mass extinction? Mm. Or are you going to be a person that lives and steps into your destiny? into your genius. And because of the punctuated point in evolution, it offers an opportunity for each of us to quantumly evolve, to evolve in a way like mother nature evolves. Mother nature regenerates herself. There's been amazing results of reforestation that's taken place in six, seven years. The human body grows a new body every seven years mm -hmm. it's it's just a remarkable thing the key will be regenerative health and wellness and that means beginning with a journey to really decide that i do not want to think according to a thought system that's about death and disease that's about 
separation in right and wrong. I want to embrace a larger thought system of where I can shine my light, so to speak. And I'm saying this out loud where we can really show up. So evolution is a conscious experience. It's an experience of which we can do so within the subconscious and the unconscious and have life happen to us, or we can show up in our greater consciousness, in our greater genius, and have life not only happen to us, but happen for us so that we can learn and happen in a way that we now become co-creators of our life experience. The indigenous cultures knew this. It was about dreaming our world into being. For us, it's about writing our new story in the collective, individually and collective, into being. And this is what evolution offers us. It's extraordinary time, an incredible time to be yeah. alive with this. We have the tools, we have the software, we know the pathway forward. We just get must do it yeah. and must do it now for our children and our children to come. Adam Seahall is my guest, Adam Hall.Solutions. We will be linked to his website, so we hope that you will go there as well as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story, as we bring you new paradigms for a new world, as we give you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And Adam, I, uh, it's great to have you back, and I'm really thrilled uh, about this new book, Divine Genius, The Unlearning Curve. We hope that you folks will pick up a copy. Amazon is one place. Go to his website, AdamHall.Solutions. And uh, we, as I said, will be linked there as well. Adam, again, thank you so much for giving us so much time here on the program. This has been great. It's great to to reconnect with you. And I hope that uh, we won't wait another, uh, well, it was 20, around 2012. <laughs> you know, that's a good, good eight, nine, uh, nine years there uh, since we've chatted. And a lot has happened. Uh, but we would love to have you back again to uh, continue this conversation. It's just really uh, empowering as well as impactful. Well, thank you, Richard. It's great to be here with you and all your listeners. And thank, thank you for the, all the work you're doing. And thank everybody for the work they're doing. I do have another book coming out November 1st. It's called The Little Book of Genius. It's about abundance. As I said, you can get that free little book, ebook right now on my website about abundance. But it's about embracing the idea and the knowing of what we have now scientifically proven. We live in an abundant universe. Mm -hmm. We're able to access that if we just get out of our own damn way. And that's the journey to genius <laughs> and the joy of it. So I'm excited to be here with you. Feel free to reach out with me. You can connect on the website. Love your feedback. Love your ideas. And please feel free to, to, to share as you see fit and notwithstanding wherever you are on this amazing planet that we share together. I wish you and your family uh, Godspeed and blessings to everybody to, to be safe and to blossom fully into the, the, the incredible power of our light and our beauty as, as geniuses. And look forward to sharing more with everybody as we go forward. And we'll be seeing you soon, uh, Richard, and we'll be seeing everybody else on the path as, as we move into our destiny, That's not just right. simply. Yeah, faith. very good. And and folks, to quote Adam C. Hall, get out of your own damn way, will you please? Before we let you go, 
I do have three final questions that I like to ask all of my guests. You may have addressed okay. them to some degree during the program, but I like to ask them uh, directly. Before I do that, I want to remind our listeners and viewers, you are listening and viewing to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., Wednesday mornings, special edition of Tell Me Your Story, 9 a.m., streaming at those times at richarddugan.com. We also encourage you to go to the podcast at SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes, as well as Amazon Music. And we also encourage you to go to the video location where we have our videos of Tell Me Your Story on YouTube. The channel Richard Dugan and Tell Me Your Story. Just look for the guy with the hat. And hopefully that you will subscribe as well. And uh, subscribe to that as well as maybe uh, support us financially. If you like what we're doing, if you like what we're uh, bringing to you, the information, I tell you, I, I would give to myself, but it would be like a, a weird circle right there. But be that as it may, just uh, uh, go to PayPal. It's there for your security as well as ours. And uh, just put in the uh, email address of Richard at RichardDugan.com. That's Richard at RichardDugan.com. And send whatever you can. We will take energetic support as well. And I thank you for supporting us and for those who have as well as those who will. And to hope that you will continue to listen as well as participate in the 2020s, the decade of perfect vision. We encourage you to go within, to then listen to that still small voice in that quiet, calm, peaceful, safe space that is your inner life. With that said, my first of three questions to you are, or the first one is, who is Adam C. Hall? A light being who's come to earth to serve the greater well-being of our planet and all of our people in service primarily to our children and their children. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now? I hope to gather with others to collectively write a new story to help change a billion minds about who we are, why we're here, and what we can do together. And finally, what is your life's purpose? The purpose of my existence during this time is to activate a genius within others, to show up with not only an idea, a concept, but a, a process that supports others in emerging into their greater authenticity and greater truth as divine geniuses. Adam C. Hall, again, thank you so much for joining us here on the program as we wrap things up and as we've been talking about divine genius the unlearning curve and go to adamhall.solutions for more information. We again will be linked to that website and we thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World as we are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. Until our next broadcast podcast videocast, love to lol.